0: Well hello wrestling fans and welcome to wrestling's week that was. I am Joel the Man O'Brien, co editor of ProWrestlingPowerHouse.com, coming to you like I always do from the land down under. And we're going to be with you for the next hour, talking all the major news, shows, and matches coming out of the week that was exclusively on Pro Wrestling Powerhouse Radio. We have a ton to cover today, as always, as we do every second Saturday on Pro Wrestling Powerhouse Radio. Helena O'Sullivan is on the horizon. But WWE has no world champion for the event. We're going to be discussing how that affects business, and obviously I'll give you my two cents on all that as uh, the show progresses. WWE apologises, I think, apparently for uh, disgracing the um, the Russian flag. Was the apology really necessary in 2014? Answers yeah, to that question are coming very very soon. Possible we'll, we'll talk, as always, about Raw uh, from Monday night. Main event, NXT, SmackDown, Impact Wrestling, and so much more. But before we delve into this week's to- hot topics, remember we are not live. No, we're not. We're not live this week, unfortunately. Uh, I've got other prior commitments that I've got to have to get through today. Uh, so unfortunately, I'm recording this. So, uh, but that, that that still doesn't mean you can't interact with the show. Uh, you can still uh, t- tweet me directly at Break Capital W, Capital R, Capital B and uh, I will definitely reply to those those tweets eventually so if you have some discussions that or some points that I bring up that you don't like or you do like give me a give me a tweet and I'll discuss them uh, and I'll, I'll reply to you you know this is all about interactivity so yeah uh, as, as well if you got any feedback about the show if you like it recorded if you don't like it recorded just uh, give me a buzz and tell me what tell me what's going on but remember guys and girls we still are on iTunes as we speak Yes, we are on iTunes. So, if you're looking for a practical way to help uh, help the show uh, and the PWP network as a whole, download the podcast app onto your on your smartphone and subscribe to a, a PWP Radio Network. That's the title of our uh, iTunes uh, little brand there. It only takes one click to stay in touch with all the great weekly audio content, including uh, Wrestling's Week, that was, and it helps us out immensely. So, that's the best way to help out myself, Wrestling's Week, that was, and PWP Radio Network. Uh, I apologise first off just uh, for the person that tried to call last week. I noticed that there was someone actually that tried to call into the show, so I do apologise. I must have just been way too busy or engrossed in whatever I was discussing. So uh, please don't be deterred about not calling next time. I will answer <laughs> the phone next time. So that is that. Uh, by the way, thank you so much for everyone that's already downloaded the uh, uh, the first episode of uh, Wrestling's Rope Break. If you don't know what that is, that is my new interview show that I'll be doing uh, infrequently here and there once I line up an interview with uh, whoever I need to. Uh, thank you very much for Brian Alvarez, Wrestling Observer, uh, Figure 4 uh, Daily's uh, uh, Brian Alvarez for coming on the show and being such a good sport. and We just shot the breeze about. Pro wrestling journalism in 2014. Uh, John Cena, uh, the death, the death of WCW, which is uh, his book, which is being re-released. Uh, really great discussion up there. A few technical woes, but hey, that's going to happen with uh, your with the episode one of a series that you're going to start. Uh, keep an eye out for that coming down the road. I've got a few guests potentially lined up uh, for Wrestling's rope Break, but obviously stay in touch. If you need to stay in touch uh, and find out when the next episode's going to be. Follow me on Twitter at uh, Wrestling arbreak and uh, follow uh, the whole team at, at Team uh, PWP, uh, Team underscore PWP for all your uh, re- website and uh, radio show information. Uh, we've got a tenth episode coming up. Uh, for wrestling's week that was in two weeks, so expect some bells and whistles, some some new little uh, audio cues and all that stuff. So there's going to be some uh, ho- hopefully a different uh, professional feel to the show uh, for the tenth episode. So and here's touching wood that we're going to have a good week uh, in in two weeks uh, when it comes down to all the news in pro wrestling. Uh, I think we'll actually oh, will it be the uh We'll go home show for for hell on Cell. So hopefully they'll they'll give us something uh, uh, interesting to kind of like re- recap that week. So yeah, uh, obviously, please head over to the site as as we speak. There's some t- there's a ton of really good content as always from all the writers at prowrestlingpowerhouse.com. Uh, my uh, co-editor in chief. Uh, Aaron has a great uh, article about the Hardy Boys that I, I read read last week. It's a little bit old, but still a fantastic article uh, talking about the, the 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 legacy of the Hardy Boys as we uh, get uh, get you know, later later into history. Um, Oliver Norgrove ha- has a really great article that's kind of like spruced up on social media. That's really got people talking in regards to the authority and whether they're. Uh, Old or not or they're still like you know relevant these days so so yeah definitely check that out that was uh, a very very good article that uh, he wrote up there he's he, he's got some really good uh ideas we also have a uh, uh, Jerry Garcia joined the joining the team brand new writer always good to have brand new writers uh you know show their stuff, and and especially when they've already produced three really good short and sweet articles on Star Star and Goldust, Roland vs. Ambrose, and The New Nation. So, as you can see, there's a really great uh, range of content right now up on prowrestling.com, prowrestlingpowerhouse.com. All right, so let's get into the top news of the week. Uh, so that really, there's no real major news to talk about, but I guess that the one thing that's uh, that, that's uh, become prevalent is that we're heading into a pay per view in two three weeks with our world champion. Now, there's this has uh, brought up a bit of uh, controversy with some of the some of the members of Pro Wrestling uh, We've got a pro wrestling uh, Pro Wrestling uh, Powerhouse dot uh, TV. YouTube show that will be airing today as well. There's tons of content. And I'm sure we'll be talking about uh, Brock Lesnar uh, and uh, three three or four weeks into him being world champion. What do we think? I personally think it's fine not having the world championship defended at every single pay-per-view. It's fine. At the end of the day, it's hell in a cell. And at the end of the day, we're seeing Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose feature as prominent Uh, uh, you know, stars going forward. How is that not a bad thing? I mean, we've got a lot of people freaking out, going, oh, they've got no stars, and Brian Alvarez was saying that the other night, you know, oh, there's just no stars. That's fine. Because, you know, like, how are they going to have to, how do they build build stars? By just completely focusing on programs where the the issues that, that, you know, up-and-comers have are featured to the forefront you know, no Brock Lesnar means that there's more space for these guys to expand their roles, you know, and and who can't argue that Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose look fantastic in their current roles, uh, with, you know, obviously Seth being the, the, the absolute number one heel in the company right now. Uh, Poster, uh, Nine of Champions, and Dean Ambrose coming off as, the, as, as a very, very likable babyface, just doing a tremendous job. Um, if Brock Lesnar was featured as much as he was, and you know Brock Lesnar when he's on a, on on whatever uh, show he's on, completely overshadows everyone else because he is a massive star. Um, that's just my thoughts on that. I don't know. I, I yeah. I, I mean John Cena's role. Uh, has been very much of of an assisting role. Uh, You know, everyone's just getting shitty about the fact that he's interjecting himself in the Seth uh, uh, Rollins-Dean Ambrose situation. I think he's just enhancing it because really, you know, we're getting uh, Ambrose completely uh, uh, butting heads with John Cena, rubbing shoulders with the the megastar that is John Cena. How's that not a good thing going forward? I'll just leave it, leave it with you that. If you don't agree with me, please. Or if you agree with me, send me a tweet at wrestlingrbreak capital W capital R capital B, and uh, let's get the conversation rolling. Is it good not having a world champion at the moment? Just going to throw it out there. All right. So in other news, just going to have a drink of water. Bray Wyatt uh, posted a tweet at the start of the week uh, that has, has really got social media. Blowing for like a good three days, three, four days. Uh, Now, the tweet was, and I'll read it verbatim here it exists in all of us. We are the ants, destroy the scorpion, be heard. Now, everyone immediately just jumped and said, Oh my god, is it going to be Bray Wyatt versus Sting at WrestleMania? Bray Wyatt versus Sting at WrestleMania starts with a tweet. Now, I'm all for, you know, social media being this brand new thing, but come on, guys. Like, really? A WrestleMania feud, a, 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 the debut of, like, one of the biggest stars that has never joined WWE is going to start on Twitter? Maybe if the feud st- c- c- yeah, starts on television, and maybe if, like, they're trying to find new ways of expanding the situation. You know, this happens later on down the road. How the hell is <laughs> how the hell would they start it on Twitter? Uh, you, you you drop hints on television. You don't do it on Twitter. Uh, I think there's a lot of hot air that just blown up by people who are just dying to see Sting on television. I'm still holding uh, my prediction that uh, Sting is going to be wrestling The Undertaker at WrestleMania 31. I'm not really big on fantasy booking ideas, but I'm still holding that true. Just the fact that Sting was all over all over media outlets, just saying, "I want Taker, I want Taker, I want Taker, I want Taker." I just see it that happening. So that's just my p- particular thing, but yeah, Bray Wyatt and Sting starting on Twitter. I don't think so. Uh, WWE and uh, other news. WWE apparently apologised for show uh, tearing down the Russian flag. Uh, now they did make a big thing about this on SmackDown and put into a storyline. Uh, I don't know if this was. Evidence that it was actually, you know, like <laughs> that is all part of the storyline, or if it was actually legitimately, they apologized to the Russian people. Uh, if it was legit uh, uh, apology, uh, it's, it's we are far cry from what, what WWE used to be like back in the day. Uh, I mean, like, uh, yeah, you know. In the middle of the attitude era, we used to see so much stuff worse than this, and and really, it was all just. Uh, I <laughs> yeah it, it's one of those touchy subjects I don't, I don't think there's any real need to apologize for it I'm, I'm, in, I'm on the camp that believes that it's just it's part of a storyline I mean I don't think anyone was really offended I, I, I would like to f- if there's any Russian fans out there that were offended please uh, tell me what happened and why you were so offended by it I mean I guess if you put it uh, the other way around I don't know if like Americans would just be very much like well it's just, you know it gets us angry because it's it's meant to as part of the storyline uh, well, I'm not exactly sure. What do you think? Like, do you do you think WWE should have apologized for turning down the Russian flag? Tell me. You know, uh, let's start, let's start a conversation about that. Uh, in other news, apparently uh, it was uh, advertised or uh, preached on uh, pro wrestling powerhouse do- not pro wrestling powerhouse do- uh, wrestling uh, observer that uh, Wood, uh, Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston, and Big E's uh, trio name is drumroll speed force yeah I don't don't mind that I mean like I guess you got the speed of Kofi Kingston the intelligence of Woods and the power of Big E that's fine if that's the case I don't care I just want to get these guys on television and start growing their characters I think uh... Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston and uh, Big E have have a, a really great, uh, chance to do something, uh, going forward with this, this trio, I mean, I, I, I saw Xavier Woods, uh, promo, uh, about, I think it was like a month or two, two months ago, that was good stuff, it was really good stuff, I mean, any, any time you get a faction together, where you have all elements of, of, of uh, a great combination covered, it usually goes well. you know, you got Kofi Kingston with the speed, you got biggie with the, the strength, and you got the in-between mouthpiece with Xavier Woods. All the areas are covered. And, like, you know, all of them are pretty good. You know, like, I have good, uh, good technical skills. So, you know, get these guys on television, WWE. I don't know what they're waiting for. Uh, you know, the time's running out to get uh, this group going for WrestleMania, and I think it would be an asset to the product. Uh, and also, uh, Brian Alvarez uh, told me uh, before our, our uh, interview that apparently Jamie Noble and Jerry Mer- Mercury will be wrestling in the near future as part of the Authority. I think this is a great, great uh, decision by WWE. Uh, Jamie Noble and Jerry Mercury—a hell, hell of a great combination when it comes to wrestling and technical skills, and just you know, adding a different layer to the uh, to the uh, to the uh, Authority. Hopefully they won't be complete geeks, I just really do hope that, but time will tell on that one, but uh, yeah, Jamie Noble and Jerry Mercury will be wrestling in the near future, so uh, keep your eye open for that. Okay, so let's just very quickly get into the the uh, Raw three count review, that's where we just break down the three biggest points of 3-Hour uh, Raw and uh, and discuss them and uh, pull them apart for, for your viewing, or sorry, for your listening pleasure. Um, so, what do we think about this show? I mean, like, at this stage in the game, can a show ever be branded as bad when Dean Ambrose is the absolute focus? I mean, that, like, last Monday night show was just a, a fun, uh, I found it, I find it a, really, a really, really good show. I mean, it, it was a bit hokey, a bit, you know, a bit like, less less serious, but... What I did like about the show is that, you know, Dean Ambrose's comedic skills and his range as a performer was completely on, on a showcase throughout the three hours. You know, like, uh, and what I did like about it is that we had, you know, Ambrose being funny with a briefcase and he's just showing his comedic timing is there. Great stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, he got in John Cena's face. He told John Cena, you know, you don't take, you do, you don't take food off my table when it comes down to Seth Rollins. And at the end of the day he got himself beaten up. Seth Rollins looked strong. He destroyed both John Cena and Dean Ambrose. You know, they, they they brought everything that was funny back into a serious point at the end of the show. I mean that was that's good. If it was this complete comedy and everyone looked like goofs and everyone was joking around, I'd have a different perspective. But Seth Rollins got his comeuppance, the heels ganged up on the baby faces. I thought it was a good show. I thought it was a, yeah, for that it was a good show. Um yet yeah, there are still problems in WWE, but uh, for the time being, you know that was a good show-centric uh, storyline and uh, it, it advanced the situation. I'm liking this this whole Seth Rollins, John Cena storyline with with Seth, you know with Seth Rollins. I think it's a good way, as I said at the start of the show, to use John Cena to, to help get Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose to to where they need to go, because that's what WWE needs, and that's what me and Abra- uh, Brian Alvarez discussed on Re- Wrestling Roadbreak. WWE needs stars. Um, So, and the other point that I really want to make about Raw was that there was an excellent refocusing on Bray Wyatt's Luke Harper. And that's why I say Bray Wyatt's Luke Harper. Uh, Complete focus on on making Luke Harper an individual character for the Wyatt family. Um, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. This was WWE production on its best best two feet, I mean, just great intrigue, and they're giving, this is exactly what they need to do with the Wyatt family, they need to give, uh, not just Luke Harper, but Eric Rowan depth uh, with their characters, and this is a great way of doing it, you know, foreshadowing them coming back on television, you know, having the Wyatts off for a little bit to rebuild them and make them better stars, you can't, you can't uh, disagree with that, that's good logic. Um... But, uh, you know, is Bray White going to be much more of a mouthpiece, a manager's kind of role for Luke Harper? I I guess so, and I've got no problem with that. You know, having a strong uh, manager that can defend themselves, that's always very, very good. You know, I've got no problem with this, and I thought it was a fantastic video. They they aired it on Raw, they replayed it on, on, I think they replayed it on a main event, and they did it again on on SmackDown. So they should. Great video. If If you haven't checked it out, Go check it out uh, uh, on YouTube. I'm sure it's on there somewhere. The, my pet peeve for the show is, no, is point number three. Why, oh why, can't we have decisive finishes for main events? It pisses me off to no to no end. Like we're having this competitive match between Randy Orton and Kane versus John Cena and Dean Ambrose, and as always, like it has been for the last few weeks. We have to have Seth Rollins running in and causing a DQ. Oh my God! And I'm going to go straight to SmackDown here because uh, I've other things to talk about on SmackDown. We had a repeat uh, once again. WWE recycling their main events and matches. And John Cena ran off to fight Seth Rollins, so it was this two-on-one situation. And for some reason, Kane entered the ring when he wasn't meant to, and the referees threw out the match, and that was a DQ. Why, would it be so bad? Would it be so bad in the roles that Kane and Randy Wooden are, f- are wrestling in that uh, that Dean Ambrose could have just pinned Randy Wooden or could have pinned Kane? Are they that desperate to keep uh, Randy Wooden's uh, credibility that they they just have to have a DQ, just, uh, just a, a throwaway finish? It just It wouldn't have done any damage to anyone if we just had Dean Ambrose pick up a win, and at least they could say, well, you know, wow, Dean Ambrose picked up a win, a big win against Renewal, and a pinfall victory against the, the 12-time uh, world champion. Is that such a bad thing? It completely takes the air out of out of uh, the main event, and, you know, Chicago was a good crowd, and you could just tell that uh, they just, it's, that kind of finish just like, it's a throwaway match, and people just just completely disconnect from the finish. You know, I understand DQ finishes uh, you know when they play into the storyline. Example, Night of Champions, that Seth Rollins run in at the end of the Brock Lesnar John Cena match was fine. That's fine. You know, when we when it comes to main events like this, would it be so bad if Dean Ambrose got a pinfall victory as he's going up the up the ladder to become a much more important superstar? I think so. So what's worth, what, what's what's worth watching for this three-hour show? I mean, everything involving Ambrose, the IC title three-way, which was really, really great between Cesaro, uh, uh, Dolph Ziggler and Miz, on a week that, where there wasn't really that many amazing matches, this, this match was really good, it was choreographed, it felt, you know, there's a lot of great double spots, great match, so do check that out, and of course, the Luke Harper video package was really, 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 really good, uh, definitely a highlight of the week. So that is your Raw 3 Counts review. Okay, so um, the main event quickie is where we just run through main event as quickly as we can because, you know, usually this show isn't uh, that full with uh, stuff that's that's relevant, but this week, you know, we had a few little relevant things coming through, uh, half good, half not so good. So, uh, we'll start off with Cesaro defeating Jack Sw- Swagger, clean as a sheet in the middle of the ring. I mean, this is still even Stephen Booking with Swagger and Cesaro. I mean, like, I think Swagger won the last one and Cesaro wins this one. Uh, but as we progress through the week, we can see that Cesaro is getting a few wins under, under his belt. I've got no problem with that. Just WWE, news, uh, news flash for WWE, just keep the momentum going. Don't just stop in regards to Cesaro. Um, Tyson Kidd defeated uh, Kofi Kingston. Uh, this is uh, an, an advancement of the storyline that was told on Monday Night Raw in regards to uh, Natty Nightheart and uh, Tyson Kidd's having problems and you know, and, uh, and Natalie trying to get uh, Tyson Kidd on Raw. This is what they've been doing on NXT and it's been the best storyline I've seen in a long, long time on NXT so it's good to see the storyline kind of taking a ne- the, its next step and going on the road with WWE. Uh, Tyson Kidd defeated Kofi Kingston because of a match that uh, Natalia asked, I think, I don't know Triple H or something, of the authority to come on television. So yeah, great, really good to see. Great to see Tyson Kidd on television. Hopefully they keep going with it. You know, obviously the di- the 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 div- uh, Total Divas thing is going to be in the background, but you know that's fine. As long as we get a great Tyson Kidd match on on television added to the roster. No problem. He's been great on, on NXT, by the way, for those who don't have the WWE network. Really, really good. Brie Bella defeated Layla and Eva Marie. Yes, that's right. We got two Eva Marie matches one on Raw in a handicap match, and another one on Main Event in a handicap match. I mean, they're trying to tell the story about how uh, Nikki Bella is using uh, the authorities' power to destroy. Uh, Brie Bella, but she keeps winning her <laughs> her handicap matches, I mean, it's good for Brie Bella, but we don't need to see two Eva Marie matches every single week, we don't, as well as Rosa mendez matches, we don't need to see th- way too much Divas, sorry to be sexist, but way too much Divas on, uh, uh, on each show, it's just back off, Keep your know, Paige and AJ's storyline, that's enough, it, you know. We'll get into Paige and AJ later on in the show. Uh, Bo Dallas, uh, in the main event, defeated Henry via DQ because Henry kicked too much ass and didn't break at five. And it was just a dumb finish, so... Uh, I mean, that issue continues. Now, my prediction very quickly for Mark Henry's future is that he's going to come into into the match and turn completely heel and cost uh, uh, Rusev... A vi- uh, sorry, no, cost a big show uh, his match against Rusev. That's my prediction. Um, and hey, heel Mark Henry is uh, a thousand times better than uh, babyface Mark Henry. That is a fact. (laughs) Okay, so let's very quickly get into NXT, the NXT Weekly Awards. This is where we award three of the most prestigious awards on the information superhighway when it comes to NXT. Uh, And Let's let's get straight into it. So this show was, was, while well structured, Really struggled to kind of like completely maintain my intention, uh, which is a shame. I mean, they started it was the whole idea of this week was a was a championship week on on NXT. Both NXT championships, the women's championship and the NXT championship, was going to be defended at the start of the show. And uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I just can't really say that I was blown away by the show. It was it was very just straight up it was there was nothing really exciting about it. The matches were okay, uh, but didn't blow my mind. Uh, nothing like uh, NXT Fatal 4-Way uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, so let's just break, let's get straight into it. Uh, NXT's up-and-comer of the week uh, it goes to Ty Dillinger. Uh, so Ty Dillinger and Jason Jordan have a, just a very generic kind of looking tag team. They both have the same kind of gear, They're both quite athletic, muscular, uh, but Ty Dillinger, in his match uh, against the Four Villains, really good with his his timing and his little nuances and and uh, trying to insult the Four Villains. I was very very impressed. I mean, you know, it's a really good solid wrestler here, um, a really good basis for doing something later on down the line really show you like, he, he was his timing was perfect he, he was hitting hard his moves looked good he moved around the wing ring well sold well Ty Dillinger from uh, Ty Dillinger and Jason Jordan check him out very very good and uh, the NXT weekly downside of the week now I can't believe I'm saying this it's not really about the wrestler but it's about the way he's been booked at the moment Hideo Atami uh, so we have Hideo Atami coming in you know, former Kenta, one of the greatest wrestlers currently in the world right now. I'm all for the fact of the way they set it up, you know, like he comes in, the Ascension, the greatest tag team that's been ever stepped foot in NXT, he, st- he stands up toe-to-toe with them, you know, and, and, and sends them packing, you know, what a way to impact, you know, come into the company, that's great. But do we really need to see a storyline with them now, like? I know that uh, Finn Balor is coming in, but like you know, you, that's the end game. Do you have him come in? That's fine, but you know you got to think about what you're doing with, with the head day Hideo Tommy going leading up to that moment. I mean, having him beaten down every week by the Ascension, uh, you know, not really having him have matches, uh, showing his his range as a performer, and then also having him team. With Fanaki? Fanaki? That's what's happening next week on NXT. And Fanaki's going to come in and help uh, uh, Hideo Itami against the Ascension. Are you Are you kidding me? Are you absolutely freaking kidding me? Completely just ridiculous. I, I'm sorry. It was completely ridiculous. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you got to think about what you're doing with Hideo Itami. He's like, he's he's, an, he's awestruck as he's talking to Fanaki about how Fanaki is going to come help him. Like, really? He could, yeah, Hideo Itami, I've been very quiet about this, because I'm like, oh, let's see where it goes, but I'm really being disappointed right now with uh, Hideo Itami's current stature in NXT. He looks like a geek, being so excited that Fanaki's going to come help him. Fanaki was like the geek of all geeks throughout the Attitude Era and now. I mean, like... Just ridiculous, so stupid. Uh, but uh, let's get on. a us end on a brighter note. The NXT MVP of the week. He's not a wrestler. It's not a performer. But it's the NXT production team. I mean, I like the idea of Championship Week. I, I like the idea of of highlighting a show uh, where the champions are showcased uh, and making that the, the issue. You know, and like really, really good stuff. I mean. I'm really impressed just the the layout of the of NXT shows for an hour. You can't get any better when it comes down to like shows making sense. Um, you know the, the action may not be the best, but you know, yeah, really good stuff from NXT's production team. So that is the NXT weekly awards for the week. Okay, so SmackDown, the good and the bad of SmackDown. What was good? What was bad? Let's get straight into it now Seth, uh, this uh, this whole uh, episode was all about Seth versus Cena and Ambrose continuing and really I think continuing with pleasing results I mean now they're just kind of like the authority of just trying to play Ambrose and uh, Ambrose and Cena against each other in order to keep them away from Seth Rollins mind games, uh, play ensued in the main event Yeah, it was really, really, really good stuff. I mean, like, uh, Seth Rollins is becoming just a great foil on WWE programming, and that's good. You need to have a really strong heel. Uh, Do I agree with Oliver Norgrove that they need to reinvigorate the authority? Yes, I do agree with that. But, uh, you know, when it comes to Seth Rollins, I think they're doing a really good job in putting over Seth Rollins as this uh, really, really, really dustly heel, so... And SmackDown was a good example of that. One thing I really, really loved we're going to get straight into the good of Smackdown to start off this. Cena and Ambrose's interaction at the start of the show. We got a great, fiery Cena babyface promo. Really good. And Ambrose come out. He got in Cena's face. And started, they started mouthy off of why they should get Seth Rollins. Great reasons from both characters here. And they got into each other's faces. And I tell you what. Dean freaking Ambrose just rides... Alongside John Cena and doesn't even blink. He's great. He's great. He's got. I see so much star power in, uh, in uh, Gene Ambrose going forward. And uh, Brian Alvarez made a really good point on wrestling R- rope break, which is up there for download right now, and it's on iTunes. So subscribe to iTunes. <laughs> uh, he talks about you know how Royal Rumble uh, to WrestleMania period is going to be so interesting because we're going to have Daniel Bryan returning from injury. We're going to have Roman Reigns returning from injury, and we're going to have Dean Ambrose being probably the biggest babyface in the in the company before these guys coming came come back. Fans are going to have to choose one to face the world champion at WrestleMania. Who's that? Who's that going to be? You yeah. know, throwing out there. Who do you think is going to be the the big time babyface come WrestleMania 31? Tweet me at WrestlingRBreak. Capital W, capital R, capital B. Um, so yeah, that's going to be very, very interesting. And, uh, yeah, so it's Dean Ambrose, fantastic. Great, great opening segment. Check it out, guys and girls. Uh, and, uh, Paige's finishes to her matches was the good of SmackDown. What do I mean by that? You know, what about her finishes? I've been noticing with Paige's matches is that, is that something that, uh, other wrestlers and other agents should be doing with their matches. If... A star is going to, going to win decisively. They should always use a different finisher to finish off a match. Paige has that Rampage DDT, which looks great. She also has that uh, Scorpion Cross Lock, I think they call it. Or that Paige tap out move. It's good. Having squash matches where the star that's highlighted, you know, having different ways to finish off the match is Great, it's great because it shows the range of, of of an arsenal that the that the performer has, and uh, it, show, it, it, it instills a particular perspective where fans know, wow, well this match can end in one of two ways, and it provides no, a different avenue for uh, good matches down the road. You know? you know, different false finishes. It's never good just to have one move that you know that fans know could end the match. Look at, look at look at the Undertaker. Great example. He has Hell's Gate. He's got the Last Ride. He's got a Choke slam, and he's got the the Tombstone Power Driver. On top of that, four finishes that can finish off a match. And why do we? Th- why why, do we, why is that? Why is that gospel truth? Because Taker perfected having each move as a legit finisher for his ma- for his for his matches. I think I think the Cesaros, uh, the Ziggler's, uh, and the Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose's need to start t- developing their arsenal and having matches where those where a different set of moves are put over as legit finishes. This infuses a in just in, uh, in in futures of match with m- much more drama. So yeah, that that, that that's the I took from Page's finishes this week. Uh, the bad of SmackDown. <sighs> I'm getting a little bit tired of. Interchanging the Intercontinental Championship and the U.S. Championship are contenders. Now, what do I mean about that? Well, it looks like it's going to be Miz versus Sheamus for the U.S. Championship. So, Miz, after being destroyed in an Intercontinental Championship feud, goes straight to a U.S. Championship feud with Sheamus. <laughs> what? He got. He didn't win the Intercontinental Championship. How does that? How does that grant him a, a situation where he's going to have the U.S. Championship in, in his future? It, it doesn't make any sense, you know. Like, and, and it looks like Cesaro has moved from the U- U.S. Championship to the Intercontinental Championship, you know, because like if Cesaro defeated our Truth, and all the commentators could could we talk talking about it was like, well, you know, the, he's got his eyes set on the Intercontinental Championship. Straight after he got destroyed by Sheamus for the U.S. Championship. The, the current situation with these both both these belts just proves what everyone's been saying for ages unify these championships if you're just going to interchange the contenders like like both the both the championships look like geek championships because the losers of of of, of each other's uh, the losers of of these programs just interchange and go to the next one uh, it makes it makes the championships completely devalued it makes it just look like completely just rubbish Let's get this, just unify the titles already WWE, there's, there's absolutely no reason to keep uh, this this going I'm just going to put it out there, absolutely no reason whatsoever um, so AJ and Page. I'm I, I'm getting a bit tired of AJ and Paige uh, it's run its course this feud, um, adding Alicia Fox to this 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 uh, whole uh, situation. I mean, I get it, but it's just like, eh, why AJ and, and Alicia Fox friends? Sorry, uh, why Paige and Alicia Fox friends? I don't even know. They, they didn't explain it. You know, come on, WWE. Uh, it's time to move. You know, either move uh, Charlotte up to, the, to 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 the main roster or get some fresh. You know, give Paige another rivalry with someone else. Give a Natalia. I know for a fact the page has been wanting, wanting to have a program with Natalia. Let's do it. He mix, mix things up, you know. I I wrote about maybe having AJ, you know, transfer into a rivalry with uh, with the authority, with Stephanie McMahon. Stop pushing that for maybe WrestleMania. I'm just getting tired of AJ vs. Paige. And they're trying, they're trying every week, but, you know, there's only so much you can take. So that is the uh, Smackdown review for this week. I mean, there wasn't really much to check out, but, you know, it, it cruises along, and the, the Ambrose stuff was good, so, yeah, that's the reason for checking out Smackdown for this week. So let's get very quickly get into good or TNA awful. Was TNA, TNA good, or was it TNA awful? TNA awful. Uh, I try to make it funny but you know at least I'm laughing. <laughs> um, so let's quickly, let's get straight into this show. I mean one thing I'll say is that they've changed, uh, they've moved from the New York City Manhattan Center tapings to Bethlehem, uh, Pennsylvania. I don't even know where Bethlehem, Pennsylvania is but from lo- looking at this show it looks like it was like filmed in an armory with like a hundred people. There was no energy Compared to the New York New York tapings, there was absolutely no energy in this crowd. There was just like you know when the wrestlers were talking, it was like they were talking in an empty room. You hear this buzzing, you know like you hear like one or two people cheering. It it looked so low rent to uh, TNA. They 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 didn't even have like a they didn't even they only had one camera facing one way the whole the whole show because you know if they if they had a camera on the other side they wouldn't have had anyone to film. Because um, the arena was empty, it looked like they had like 200 people. Apparently, their number was 250 for this for the show. That is bad. Throw in like you know the, the TNA's really horrible editing for their for their tape shows. They have these stupid like little cuts to the crowd of crowd of the crowd losing their shit. But it was com- it's completely like cut from a different part of the show. It's obvious. It just completely sucks what little life there was in the show so huge negative coming out of uh... TNA and it sounds like they've got a lot of tapings in, in Bethlehem uh, up, upcoming I, mean, I think at least, at least like three episodes so it's not... It, it, it's it's episodes like this where it just shows you that TNA's really in trouble and then like you have the New York tapings which kind of cover up the negatives that are t- in TNA but uh... yeah not looking good and what's not looking good too is that there's a Bound for Glory TNA's WrestleMania is coming up, but I don't even know what the card is. I mean, I think I looked it. I looked up uh, what the card was on Wrestling Observer. I found it, but it's all just like Wrestle One uh, wrestlers competing against a few TNA people. What? Like it's completely like I don't think I don't think Bobby Lashley is going to be defending the championship. Uh, I don't think there's any championships defended. I think James Storm is taking his crew over there. Uh, to Jiri's wrestling. That's, uh, uh, again, I'm guessing because, you know what, the television did show me a few little, uh, little promo videos, but didn't show me a card for their WrestleMania. And I got told that, 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 uh, Bound for Glory is in two weeks. It's disgusting. It's just, uh, like, they're going to be in Japan. I think that was a great little, uh, uh things, to, thing to mix things up. But they've done nothing with it tna come on get get yourself together I mean, it's, just, it's just terrible i mean like if you run through the show i mean they've got havoc which uh, which has you know WWE quality hype behind the character this this, this massive woman but she's Carly like an execution she killed poor Gail Kim in, this, in the, her matches and her brawls with Gail Kim dangerous wrestler dangerous wrestlers need to be just completely just just taken out to pasture Havoc's one of them. I mean, in the show during the show, we had the the this, the, the Heidis, the Wolves, and the Dudleys announce their match, the next match in their series, which I will be definitely checking out. It's the it's the TLC match between the the three teams to finally decide who's going to be the tag champions. Awesome, I can't wait. But please, please don't get these guys talking about the matches anymore the wolves look so out of place the the Hardies and the dudleys were just like forced heels in this segment and guess what at the end of the day who do the fans cheer not the gun, not the, not the wolves who are, the, are, are are the featured team but you know like the established team 3D team 3D and the hardics not working, not working at all. So you know what, like I'm I'm like, sure, uh, Rockstar Spud was great in his new baby face role and and sure I loved I love Jane Storm's eerie character and EC three was good but you know like I gotta give this show it's been a while but I gotta give this show TNA awful. It was a bad show, guys. It just shows you the true problems that are existing in TNA going forward and he's hoping that they can rebound and and become better. So that is your TNA TNA awful review of the week. Now let's get in the, into the matches of the week. Now I'll be straight up. There was not that many good matches. Um, I was a bit disappointed with with like with there was a, a few potential good ones going into the week, but at the end of the day, I was not pleased with this uh, week at all when it came to match quality. So this is very quickly run through it. Um, third match on the show: EC3 versus Eric Young. Now, this is a match that you can easily just uh, go past and go, eh, it's just a mid, mid-card mid kind of show, um, it's a mid-card kind of showcase match, and it was EC3 versus Eric Young. I liked this match. It was good, solid, uh, you know, it told the story between EC3 and Rockstar Spod breaking up, and it was fine. It was good. Eric Young's great, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. Takes third place. Uh, second place goes to Tyson Kidd versus Adrian Neville uh, for the NXT Championship. This is the match that decided that Tyson Kidd will never, ever, ever t- uh, uh, challenge for the championship as long as Adrian Neville is the NXT champion. I expected a lot, lot out of this match, and I, you know, at the end of the day, it was, a, it was a fine pro wrestling match, but it was nothing like the NXT takeover match. Nothing like that at all. Um, it was kind of flat, and t- uh, uh, Titus O'Neil got, kind of got involved, and, yeah, it told the story, like, you know, Sami Zayn got involved, and they, and they explained that story, and that's fine, but, yeah, not really enamored by this, uh, by this program, so, it becomes the, the number two, and, and, the ma- number one match of the week was Miz versus Cesaro versus Ziggler for the, IC title in a three-way for Monday Night Raw great a really good match really good match um all three guys worked hard uh... the match that was set out was made everyone look good cesaro looked great i kind of thought that cesaro might have win, won the championship at the stage of the game it doesn't really matter who the intercontinental championship champion is Um but yeah really good solid match uh... cesaro didn't look like a, like a geek Miz got all the heat he got beaten that's fine Yeah, great match great match uh... Uh, in other weeks, it probably would have been a bit lower, but this week is your match of the week. Okay, so let's, let's quickly, quickly get into the podcast of the week. Um, this week, we're going to be focusing on the Ross Report. Uh, he interviewed Magnum TA, uh, the, the NWA's Magnum TA, who is one of the biggest up, up-and-coming stars uh, of the era uh, from the 1980s. He was, uh, he was a great, big, good-looking guy, um... Uh, had some great matches against Ric Flair, and it was scheduled to pr- pretty much beat Ric Flair for the World Championship. But unfortunately, he had a massive back injury and was sidelined indefinitely, uh, and had to leave the industry, which is a very, very sad story. But it gave me really good insight this interview into how the NWA worked back then, and the booking tactics and whatnot. And uh, yeah, it's good to hear Terry Allen doing well and being healthy. And uh, he went through some very hard times after having to leave the industry. So Joe had some really good sh- chats about him. But the audio excerpts that I have what what J uh, I discussed about uh, the wE prior to his interview with magnum ta um, and I'm going to play a few excerpts so, so first of all J I talked about the the state of baby faces in the company and uh, and I'll, I'll give my two cents in a second but have a listen to this
1: sort of impact. Anybody coming from NXT to the WWE main roster must come with a pre-packaged impact. I remember when Magnum T8 first came to Mid-South Wrestling, he was beating people in less than a minute with a belly-to-belly sitplex, And you can bet your, bet your sweet bottom that uh, Cowboy Bill Watts got to Magnum T8, put on the map quickly with those uh, belly-to-belly sitplexes and those quick finishes and, and quick victories. And we put Magnum over like a million bucks, and, and people started embracing the, the, the character. He became a main event star. That could happen theoretically in WWE with someone from, from NXT. Hey, don't, it might not be the right idea. I don't know. I'm just saying it, it's possible. It's feasible. It's been done before. There's a precedent for it. The one thing about it is that whether it's the right idea or the wrong idea, you can understand the point. It gets fans talking. It presents something.
0: established talents who just might be a little too happy in their comfort zone. New is good, fresh is good, impactful is even better. New is good, fresh is good, but, uh, you know, impacts even better. You know, I, I totally agree with that, with what JR's saying. I mean, like, they you are. All it took was, you know, a simple squash, belly to belly, and Markham T.A. was one of the hottest stars in the N.W.A. T- in the N.W.A. back in the day. Why can't we have a Sami Zayn an Adrian Neville a Tyler Breeze, and even Tyson Kidd? You know, take that step up and and make an impact and and do what the Shield did, you know, to that same degree. Why not? You know, give these boys a chance and see what they can do. Um, so, and then J.R. just talked about Roman Reigns and the current situation surrounding Mr. Reigns. So check out this he invests ample time in looking at his own work
1: and he's got all that access gosh you've got the WWE Network go find your work have the production people send you your matches but more importantly maybe looking at work of some of the other top stars over the years to see what Roman can borrow from them and incorporate in his own game plan so that he can tweak his own game uh, to become more versatile and uh, more diversified might even be a better word So hopefully, uh, one, Reigns has time to get back to WWE healthy and plenty of time to get on a roll before WrestleMania. That's point one. Point two, how good he's going to be is going to be somewhat dependent on how much he studies while he's off healing and studies the work of other top stars and see what he could gain from them, from their, their game plan. Quite frankly, what's old is new again. And uh, I look to this kid to do uh, to do great things. I have great confidence in Roman Reigns, and uh, he, again, when you're, when a door closes on you, you gotta go look go to another door,
0: and that's where he is right now. What is it? What does everyone think about that? I mean, I, I have faith in Roman Reigns that he'll he'll step up and he and he'll be better, and he he's gonna get better. He's got a good attitude. He's got a great look. He's got so many good things going for him. I guess it's just. Uh, it's just up to WWE to maybe screw around with it, and hopefully not. But uh, hopefully Roman uh, Reigns is doing what has just said—you know, checking out all the big stars that have have come before him and learning. You know, while he's injured and coming back better than ever. You know, you never know. This could be a blessing in disguise. But you know, he's hoping that Roman uh, Reigns is on a good path when he comes back from his injury and it has a big impact on uh, WrestleMania 21. Or 21. Thirty one. <laughs> it's getting long. <laughs> okay, so uh and the rest of the rest of the week I mean Talkers Jericho has uh Hornswoggle currently up on iTunes, so uh, t- check out Talkers Jericho and the Steve Austin uh so the Steve Austin show, Family Friendly Version, has a uh, Diamond Dallas page being interviewed. So, yeah, there's plenty of good audio content up there that it's not <laughs> that's not uh, PWP network related. So, yeah, go check out these podcasts. Uh, definitely check out the Ross report from this week involving Magnum TA. So, let's wrap up this show, guys, with a w- our weekly visit to the Vault. It's a TV show edition for the week, and we're going to be doing a TV series. Uh, Just TV matches for a good three, four weeks, so look forward to that. But let's first of all start off with my favourite TV match of all time: is the Gold Rush Tournament first-round match from Monday Night Raw on May the second, two thousand and five, between Shelton Benjamin and Shawn Michaels. Now, uh, obviously, if you had read my, if you've read my article about what what went wrong with uh, Shelton Benjamin I have this match completely featured in its entirety up on ProWrestlingPowerhouse.com so you have no excuse to say you couldn't find it it's there right right now as we speak, so go check it out after you've done listening to me here. Um, the Gold Rush tournament match, I tell you what, it was a single elimination tournament to decide the number one contender for the Batista Sports Championship, which I think was de- defended on television two or three weeks later. Um, but both guys were coming up, uh, both guys involved in this match were coming off for some momentum. Uh, Benjamin came off a really big Intercontinental in- 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 Championship defense back when the IC title still meant something. Against Chris Jericho, who looked great in that match. Uh, HBK came off just teaming with Hulk Hogan for the first ever time, def- defeating the team of, of Davari and remember H- Muhammad Hassan. Does everyone remember who Muhammad Hassan and Davari? So, yeah, I remember that being a big backlash match. But the match itself, first ever meeting between the two guys, it is the single greatest example of a young star taking the legend to the limit and and losing in the end but looking great in a losing effort like i've never seen a match that just showcased benjamin more this was the best version of shelton benjamin i've ever seen in my life fantastic he's so good like he was doing like his athleticism was on point his timing was great he was he was standing up toe to toe with michael's you know keeping up with michael's pace and um, one part of the match he literally does a standing vertical leap from 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 the ring to the apron and then bounces off with with, with a uh, springboard clothesline. It's incredible! And this is at the end of the match. It's just incredible athleticism and physicality, but at the same time, like Michaels is there, and he's he's the established star throughout this whole thing. He he wrestles the match at his pace. He, you know, slows down Michaels. Oh, sorry, uh, Shelton Benjamin when he needs to, and it's he just plays this whole like a frustrated established star, like getting you know getting outshined by the young gun. It plays it so well, um, and of course. The massive highlight coming out of this match, which has been uh, played over and over and over again, which was actually in the the opening uh, intro video for Raw for many, many years, Shawn Michaels delivers a sweet chin music to Shelton Benjamin after Shelton Benjamin literally does a springboard from one side of the ring all the way to the other and just flies straight into a sweet chin music. You've never, ever seen anything like it. If you haven't seen it already, what have you been doing? Check out this match. Check out that spot. So, this match is like just, yeah, it's an awesome short, it's only about 14 minutes, 13 minutes, but what a 13, 14 minutes. Crowds into it. Great stuff to start off our TV series of our weekly visit to the vault. Shelton Benjamin vs. Shawn Michaels from the May 2nd edition of Monday Night Raw. Okay, well, that's all we have time for tonight. As always, thank you so much for listening wherever you may be out there in wrestling radio land uh... remember you can catch my own written work now up on prowrestlingpowerhouse.com uh... as i said we've got uh... what why what went wrong series uh... starting up again it's part four talking about Shelton benjamin in that uh, great Shelton benjamin uh, hbk matches there ready for you to be watched ready for you guys to watch it Um also started up a, up a new series called uh, wrestlemania dreamin as we're getting closer to California and, we're, uh, and WrestleMania 31 next year, I thought it might be time to start uh, fantasy booking this this uh, beautiful event, and my one is well start off with the return of CM Punk. If we're talking about fantasy booking, and uh, how AJ Lee could play into that, so do check out that. And uh, yeah, there's some more content coming up. I've got a Sami Zayn article that I promised. It's coming. It's going to be a great article uh, talking about the the need for baby fa- baby faces and how uh, Sami Zayn could be the uh, the answer to WWE's prayers, and we'll be getting to that next week. So look out for that next week. If you want to reach me, you know how to reach me. Just tweet me at Wrestling Break Capital W Capital R Capital B, and tell me what you think about the show. Do you like it? Do you hate it? Do you like this? Rec- Do you like me recording it? Do you like me just being live? Tell me. I need to know. I need- it's the only way I can grow. And remember, any feedback is good feedback. So once again, thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you all on the next. Wrestling's week that was.